0: Welcome back to "There's Always Another Podcast," a Brandon Sanderson reading and rereading podcast. I'm Justin, and as always, I am joined by Penultimate Beth, Cookie Crisp Sam.
1: I'm 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 Caleb. Caleb. <laughs> we're
0: <Dude. laughs> gonna struggle to get oh. through this. We're oh almost to the end.
2: <laughs> Caleb Prime, are you still there? I could hardly even hear you.
1: <laughs> Who? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're here. I'm. Here. Yeah.
3: Oh God. Were there that many whispers last time? <laughs> I don't know what you
1: guys are talking about. Like, we, have a, we have a podcast scared. to get to, I think.
3: We do. We got to talk about 4 beheadings headings in a not a funeral.
0: Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the the section where everyone dies.
1: <laughs> I do. There's a lot that happens in this chapter, but I'm really happy that, you know, we've had a we've had a rough couple of weeks. And I feel like, finally, we can have an episode where there's just, like, no politically iffy topics, no hot-button issues. We're finally got What was that? Sources are... Prince and did what? Black, he did blackface? What? Why did, God damn it! God <laughs> fucking damn it! Alright, let's get to it.
0: Yeah,
1: <sighs> so.
0: yeah today we have the final section of part two of elantris uh, which means after this we only have one episode left and we've only this is only the fourth book that we've covered on this podcast so there's not a huge sample size but i've really liked the second last episode of of each book because we get kind of one more round of uh of setup and predictions and all that and then the next step is finish the book. And I think that hmm. that turn is always is always cool. So, yeah, here we are. We've got one more uh, one more shot before we head to part three and and some sort of conclusion to this book here.
1: Guys, what's this book about? What's, what's the plot <laughs> of this book?
0: <laughs> we we'll hey, We've find got out. an entire part left. That's like a third yeah. of the book, right?
1: That's basically right? a third of the book.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, a lot happened here we we lost several characters that I don't know if we were expecting to to lose at this point uh but there there's clearly a lot left on the table at the end of this section so I think we should uh we should get started with it and see what we what we figure out
2: yeah we got a body count to rack up let's go
0: yeah <laughs> start the counter at, at uh well do we start it at one for for iodon <laughs>
2: I, it we lost uh, Salen.
3: Start... Yeah, we did lose Salen, kinda. And some other characters, one of whom
2: had a name. D Di- Di- Diren. Diren. That Di-ren. one guy what Hrathen burned alive. Diren. Mm, everybody's <laughs> favorite
3: character who had yeah. so much uh, personification in the book. Yeah. And a whole bunch of other characters, like
1: Handmaiden. <laughs>
0: Handmaid chef's assistant cook yeah the, the whole <laughs> retinue there yikes but yeah we can uh we can start here in chapter 46 and see where things take us
3: but first a tesseract
0: yeah first a cool kind of folding in on itself uh cube drawing of some sort
1: yeah this is a cool one i like this one
0: yeah, I I do like the kind of extremely minor thing of the the aeons getting more complex as the book goes on cuz you just get more and more neat patterns. So that's what we'll get for our our next uh, three chapters.
1: I do I was there was something I was very hopeful of that I don't it looks like will not happen and I'll get to it when we get to it, but yes, the aeons continue to look very cool.
0: We are again uh, back at the beginning of our character cycle, so we're starting with with Rayodin here uh and it is uh I think this is the first in POV we've seen uh where he's really had a chance to think about the uh the, the implications of iodon's death, because you know he he's been uh separated in one way or another from iodon for almost this entire book, but I mean, the, the man's father died, and that's significant.
1: Yeah, I much preferred this batch of mixed feelings to Royal's whole thing of like, <laughs> I may have been a
3: serial killer, but... Uh, still he was, still likes the guy. He was still a friend once. You know, before the whole, you know, thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, this I felt like this was a lot, a, a lot better of, I understand why Raiden would be saddened by this, and he is also like processing... I recognize he was not a good person, and right. I'm still upset about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It drops a great band name, too. Serene and the Aeons.
0: Serene <laughs> and the Aeons. There you go. You've got your your, your lead singer and the uh, the group there. They will be
1: playing atop the walls of Elantris this weekend. Uh, make sure to come see them.
0: Opening <laughs> act, Traython. <Hreithen. laughs> <laughs> Who is, of course, also on the walls of Elantris.
1: It's just like uh, uh, beat poetry from Raithen. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, Rayodin has, uh, has found uh, two things that are, are helping him uh, work through kind of as a distraction from the the issues of outside, uh, which are the, uh, the band members, uh, Serene and the Aeons. <laughs> uh, it says, when he wasn't with one, he was with the other. Uh, and sometimes in, in we see he's with both. And sometimes
3: he just walks around and smiles at people. He still does do that. But with her.
0: Ha Yeah, we, we join them here with... Uh, Serene has been doing quite a bit of, of research in the, the hidden library. Looking at kind of history of the world and, and the political relations that Elantris had and whatnot. Uh, they are, they do note that Hraithan is uh, currently on the, the walls of Elantris. He's praying for the saving of the Elantrians, which is quite a bit different. And Serene is suspicious about this. Uh, and I think Rayodin just kind of has an attitude of, I don't really think we have time to focus on that. And so does not pay <laughs> it much attention yet. The other thing that Raoden has been doing here, Uh, is doodling uh, except he's doing it with magic uh, just as a as a way to kind of uh, focus his mind and and have something to do Uh, he apparently pretty regularly just draws aeons practicing them just getting the the motions down Uh, and serene says you've been doing this for like an hour and just the same one over and over and over again Uh, because he's he's got Aeon door on the mind trying to, to figure out what's going on with that uh, and then uh, is, is pondering, you know, something doesn't seem right. Uh, and Serene gives us a clue here with uh, maybe something's wrong with the land because uh, she remembers something from her uh, brief lessons in Dor, which is when you draw the base Aeon, uh, you start by drawing Aralon. So uh, if we all flip back to our map here. Mm-hmm. Let's
1: flip back to the map. Yeah, we're doing that. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, you can see the, uh, the the coast of the Sea of Fjordan is your, your horizontal line. Uh, and then the mountains curving down along the right side. Uh, and then the lake to be the, the dot in the center.
1: I, I have a few, I have a slight bone to pick with Isadan Um Because the lake is definitely not like directly in the middle the way it is with the Aeons. Um that we've seen. But this was a very cool thing. I, I was mostly disappointed in myself because I'm such a big map guy and I didn't catch this one. Um but it was a very cool reveal of oh yeah, that's that, that matches pretty pretty closely, yeah.
3: Yeah. Also matches the logo for stamps.com. <laughs> <laughs> what if what if instead Serene was like, oh, just like the logo of stamps.com? <laughs> and then <laughs> and then it led to like a like a a, a pop-out
1: advertisement. Sponsorship.
2: Sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon's like, stamps.com? You mean the most affordable way to get your stamps?
1: Yes, all you have to do is draw the line and then the other.
2: <laughs>
0: we are not it sponsored. This was Brandon's first book. Maybe maybe you need that at that time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah even... I, I'm pretty sure back in our Elantris episode zero, we talked about how weirdly horizontal and straight the coastline is. So it was clocked, that it's like, something's weird with the shape of Arlon, uh, and it's, it's fun to see that, I don't know, Chekhov's pea shooter fire here.
3: It's an interesting payoff, because I legitimately thought it was just a bad cartographer.
2: <laughs> well, yeah,
1: because you look at the third map, and yeah, it's like a fairly straight coastline when you look at Arlon, but there's a ton of, like, little rivers doing little in so it looks a lot bumpier on the, on the wider map. And I was also, like, double thrown off because it is not subtle at all that Elantris is shaped, like, an Aeon. And I was like, that's the one that's going to be super important. And it was the more subtle one that I didn't catch. It's the one that ended up being incredibly plot relevant. Um, <laughs> so it's like, the the more maps you throw at me, the more you might be able to get by me, apparently, I'm noticing. <laughs> Got to keep me on my toes.
0: I mean, there, there has been a kind of ongoing theme for for some of the things that that beth and i have been talking about during predictions of how much is caleb going to go back and look at the maps
1: <laughs> the answer is always more than i probably need to
0: so yeah raiden is is thinking back over this and uh the the books that he has read uh have definitely mentioned that there is a connection between Aralon and andor but he was taking that to to mean more of like kind of a a general uh connection between the people who lived there and the magic or the the kind of general region uh but not there was specifically a link between the land itself and a so uh we will see what what that leads us to for the like fourth or fifth time in this book though uh We have a a potential uh, important development that is interrupted by a sudden Elantrian transformation. Except that this one is uh, the reverse, uh, because (laughs) uh, Serene has unbecome Elantrian suddenly, (laughs) and so there's a whole bunch of complications to deal with there.
2: Yeah, if it's not the Shayod causing dramatic revelations, it's the the nega Shayod. It's
0: the un Shayod.
2: Yeah,
3: and I love how Rayodin fucking instantly clocks this. Mm-hmm. I was about to say mm-hmm. that instantly. No. He instantly clocks it, and then
1: also instantly is like, "Gotta get out of here! You gotta leave! You gotta get the fuck out of here right now!" Like, <laughs> no pausing to discuss this. Just like grabs her by the arm and drags her out.
3: To be fair to 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 him, like you'll starve. it's not enough right. food.
2: That's true, but I I feel like they could have I didn't think about this before. Could have paused to be like, hmm. Let us think about the implications here. Can we come up with a plan together? Not just get the fuck out. We need you on the outside. I'll go, get you go, a message. Go go. go, go.
1: <laughs> he also like his justification is like we're also gonna starve unless there's someone on the outside and gets supplies sure wish you guys had some consistent reliable way of communicating to the outside and sure wish you had friends in K who might be able to help you out there, <laughs> but no, we got to get serene specifically out of here.
2: Yeah. Got to go. Got to blast.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the end of the chapter is uh serene GTFO and uh, the gates shut and that's it.
3: Just looking at the very last sentence of chapter forty-six and the very first one of chapter forty-seven, um, mm-hmm. I wish the first sentence of chapter forty-seven was "the gates slammed shut in front of them." Yeah, <laughs> just a flip—you flip the uh, the POV. The last sentence:
1: the gates were eighty percent closed, and then first sentence: the, eights, <laughs> the gates closed the last twenty percent. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what we get here going to chapter 47 is kind of the double cut where we see the gates shut twice.
1: When they adapt this, do you think they'll do an instant replay of that moment?
2: <laughs> yeah, it'll be in slow-mo from like three different angles.
0: You know, I actually have... I- I'm guessing that some of you have seen the, uh, the video series Every Frame a Painting. I'm familiar. Which was a, a very good series of video essays about filmmaking uh, but he did one talking about uh, Jackie Chan and his stunt performances and showed a comparison of editing a fight scene in one of the recent Marvel films at the time compared to editing a fight scene from a Jackie Chan movie where in in the modern film, uh, the the exact moment of someone getting kicked in the head the the moment of the kick landing was actually gone from the edit completely. You went from one shot where the the kick was incoming to another shot where the leg was already pulling back and the moment of the actual hit wasn't even there at all. And then compared that to uh, a a Jackie Chan fight where the cut from the wide shot to the close-up actually did back up a few frames and show the hit twice right in a row.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's that's really sloppy editing. You have to make sure you show every single detail of a scene. That's why in Taken 3, when Liam Neeson climbs that fence, (laughs) they needed 13 different cuts to show that
3: happen. It's very important. Famous fence jumping
0: scene. This is only related to literally two sentences on either side of a chapter break. (laughs) Ah, shit, the book. Ah, shit. But yeah, here we are on the outside of Elantris, uh, and I think this is the first time that somebody has been upset to be on the outside when the gates shut. And uh, here we have right away uh, the the political games at play, where Crathan uh, is there uh, and is proclaiming that Jedith has saved Serene, and and this is this is all tying back into uh raoden's theory though i don't think he quite got there to the the part where hraithan was going to claim credit uh but yeah serene has has picked this up and is already kind of trying to to figure out the angle of of what she can do about this but hraithan feels like he's got a pretty a pretty good hand here that he's holding uh he says that uh you know we've we've converted the king of of Tiad and that was your doing really so now we have Aralon and Tiad so so thank you
2: <laughs> yeah this is this is the most outright villainous Hrathin has seemed all book and i i love the chance for him to be dramatic particularly his line of, of serene yells i will die first and he goes you already have and i brought you back like damn dude that's pretty cool
0: yeah, that's a power move.
1: I actually even more love the line directly before that of Embrace You, Dareth. And let your efforts become more than vanity. That was just a very good <laughs> villain line. I will say, this book's talked a lot about how freakishly tall Serene is. In this chapter, when she <laughs> has to look up at and we get direct confirmation that both of our other main characters are in fact taller than her.
0: <laughs> Not only is... uh. Uh, are Freython and Raodin taller than her but one of the next characters in the scene uh, Keen is also I'm pretty sure taller than her because <laughs> Keen and Eondel are here to uh, to take Serene home and Eondel is, is going to try to make a stand of some sort because uh, he thinks that, that Freython has been uh, meddling somehow
2: he does another off-screen jump scare to do it, too. It keeps <laughs> he just, happening! His sword appears.
0: <laughs> but uh, we've seen that Hreithen has uh, has some combat skills of his own, uh, and is able to do some sort of spin-disarm move. Uh, he definitely, when he was talking to Serene, felt like he was in a pretty good place. Uh, he gets the upper hand in the combat here, gets to make some more metaphors... Uh, where now time is like a mountain, which I think the egg is on top of. I was,
1: I was going to say, time <laughs> is like a mountain. A mountain with an egg on top of it, Serene. Mm.
0: And fruit flies like a banana. Precisely. <laughs> and then he does a dramatic cape swoosh and leaves.
1: I I also, like, this is not out of the question, but time moves like a mountain. If... if People in this world know that mountains move. Does that imply that they're, like, aware of tectonic physics?
0: They have a, a working theory of plate tectonics. Yeah, that that <laughs> took a while for people to figure out. <laughs> when were plate tectonics discovered?
1: First decades of the 20th century, apparently.
2: Oh, my.
0: Yeah, no, that feels like... I, I don't think we're in whatever the 20th century would be here in elantris not uh not yet
1: well all things are possible through Jedith, so jot that down
0: i mean Jedith being some sort of of underground deity probably would know a thing or two about plate tectonics that's true
1: yeah if he's if he actually is like this rock god then maybe maybe divine
0: yeah, revelation
1: yeah <laughs> everyone in shu dareth is specifically uh really aware of plate tectonics like, Serene is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mountains don't move. But everyone who is a follower of Shu Dareth is like, we know about the plates. We, we, we got this.
0: Well, now that uh, Hraithan has has made his dramatic exit, uh, it's time for more food jokes. Because <laughs> Serene has not eaten in five days.
1: And she's a Teo giantess. That's why she has to eat so much.
2: Yeah, she's just so freakishly tall women shouldn't be this tall or eat this much the only character we definitively know
1: is shorter than serene is Royal, who is also described as spindly just everyone in this <laughs> book is very tall but everyone just decides to make fun of serene for it
2: honestly i can't see that <laughs> <laughs> i i can see lukel just, just deciding to give her shit one day and the rest of the gang is just like all right i'll say yes to the bit
1: it's it feels like uh, it's been a while since I've seen the clip and I haven't seen the full movie, but in another teen movie, I think is it, um, it's a, it's a parody of teen movies and all the like high school boys are looking at all the high school girls. And then there's like a quote unquote dorky girl who wears glasses, but she is played by a purposefully, very conventionally attractive actress <laughs> and all the boys are like very over the top. Whoa, I would never date her. She's disgusting. And she's like very cute and pretty. Um, That's what it feels like here is everyone has just decided social convention says that Serene being this tall is weird, even though there's (laughs) nothing objectively strange about it.
0: I definitely watched that movie sitting in the Caddyshack while nothing else was happening because it was on one of the five TV channels that that TV could could pick up.
1: That I haven't seen it and I've heard it actually is pretty funny. It feels like a Caddyshack kind of movie that checks out.
0: (laughs) Yeah we had uh we had basic cable in there it just stopped working once the channels got high enough so we only got maybe five or six
2: i don't think the tv worked at all by the time i got there i don't remember it ever being on
0: we probably broke it oh you you (laughs) missed you missed like eight reruns of sports center in a day then because that's usually what was on it's just nothing but sports center
1: Back in my day, we only had five or six channels. You guys had channels? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> anyway, Keen is serving jindo rai domo mai. But can she use the Pond sticks?
3: <laughs> mm, I don't think she cares about maipon sticks at this point.
0: No, she's just, like, picking it up. Yeah. <laughs> Could have boiled it in dishwater. I kind of want this dish, though. It's it's like some sort of of, like spicy beef or something and now i kind of want that yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it's also like i know the point is that she's eating a lot but like i could have boiled a it, it would have been the same to you she's been starving for five days keen it's right it, this is this is this is okay
3: Ugh now i want korean barbecue mm. so do i
0: let's all get distracted by food <laughs>
3: there's a new place <laughs> near my house you know what? Like, when we were reading Mistborn, right? All of a sudden, it was just foggy and misty all the damn time. Uh-huh. Right? Since we've started reading Elantris, I am hungry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm in constant pain. <laughs> Caleb's in constant pain. I can't shut it off. Like, I, I, I weigh myself and I'm like, why the fuck am I still
0: hungry? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the being in constant pain is just aging
1: i was gonna say that was it was like that during Mistborn too so i shouldn't blame
3: it on Elantras. i
0: wonder what's gonna happen in her next book we'll have to figure that out Mm,
3: i wonder what's gonna happen sunday
1: two of us get thrown in prison if i remember your summary of Emperor's soul justin
0: (laughs) well we'll have to figure out some podcast recording
1: (laughs) look schedule's gonna be real rough it's gonna we're gonna have to like really find one specific time build up a really big buffer because some of us are gonna be real busy (laughs)
0: <laughs> anyway back with uh, serene trying to recover from everything that she has gone through one of the consequences of potion of fake become elantrian was serene did lose her hair because that is what happens to in the shayad and so uh somebody has uh has gone out to to track down a wig because yeah that's a a really significant thing for people who have uh you know, some attachment to how they look. Something that drastic is uh is quite a shock. When I first read this. <laughs> I, I,
3: I thought it was Shayor's wig <laughs> for a second. Jesus I, Christ. How
1: would they want to find it? <laughs> just for a second.
3: It was just for like a millisecond. I, I saw a wig and I was like, what? I oh. mean that
0: Shayor's wig was the most significant one until just now,
3: so fair. I broke into a lantress and stole this ratty old wig.
0: What? What a complex arrangement! Thanks, Eondel. Perfect.
1: I love Eondel wearing a t-shirt
3: that just says "I broke into a lantress" and all I got was this <laughs> shitty wig. Wait. Uh, so I'm a I'm a guy. I don't grow out my hair very often. Does it really take years to grow your hair as long as it was for? Like we don't know how long it was for her, but
2: years. I think- at one point, it noted it was, like, mid-back, I want to say. And, yeah. Let me... I mean, Beth, didn't, didn't you
0: used to do, like, fairly drastic long to short cuts every once in a
2: while? Yeah, I did the whole locks of love thingamowetsuit where you, you chop off, like, a foot of hair and donate it to become a wig. And that would be, like, a year and a half between those? So, yeah, for mid-back, this that, that feels right to me. Hmm.
0: So, yeah, with the uh, the immediate problems of, of food having been resolved, Serene is trying to immediately get back into the swing of things of, uh, what are we going to do about this? Uh, and runs into a, a bit of resistance because the rest of the group, this has kind of happened to them twice now, where the one person who was really tying the group together and driving them forward, uh, suddenly vanished into Elantris. And especially given everything that has, that has happened with Telri all but being crowned, uh, the, the rest of the group has just kind of said, do we, do we have anything left? What, what do we even do now? And Serene is ready to go, but it's, uh, they need to figure out what that actually means.
1: There's also a detail that I didn't, didn't clock as being particularly important until the reread right now of where's a at Tellery's palace. Oh, okay. Hmm. hmm. wonder what he's up to. Like they, like they have it. Like they, they give the explanation for why everyone else would be chill with him being there. And yeah, I took that at complete, complete face value. Um, but in hindsight, hmm, wow. Okay.
3: Yeah. Notably absent from this scene. So it is Ahan there to represent the whole group? Hey hey, it's me from the Treason Club. Yeah. <laughs> Pr- promise we're not into the treason anymore. We're with ya. It's a little weird. Like even if it was just a even if it was just like a book club or a friend group or whatever, sending one person to represent all of you is a little strange.
1: It is, because then it's like, okay, well then what are the rest of you guys doing? Not treason, we promise. Like Right. Like, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. You'd <laughs> think they would all just go all in on, hey, let's let's outwardly support this guy so he doesn't try to execute us.
2: Especially because it's noted that Raudin asked Telri to be a part of the treason club back in the day. And now yeah. Ahan shows up and is like, I represent these group of people who used to hang out with Prince Raudin all the time.
1: The dangerous knights crew. <laughs>
2: Yeah. (laughs) But I promise we're not doing treason anymore.
0: We're with you. We were only trying to treason Iodon.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Don't worry about the fact that we were clearly in direct competition with you up until you took the crown. We definitely arranged a publicized political marriage whose only purpose was to make sure you didn't get the throne. (laughs) Don't worry about that.
2: Ahon will smooth things over. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure none of this will be a problem in the coming chapters. Let's see. Hmm. But yeah, where where this group kind of splits up is if we do continue to do anything, then it will literally be doing a treason with you know violence <laughs> and everything. Uh, as, as Sam puts it, they agree to sleep on treason, which is probably good. Like <laughs> sleep on it's it, worthy of giving it a good think. Royal and Serene. Uh, officially call off their uh, their betrothal there, because uh, that that plan isn't going to work. Uh, Serene does need a place to live because she was living in the palace, and that's now Talry's. uh so she's going to move in with with Uncle Keen, uh, which I think was was a possibility back in like chapter five, and she specifically said no, I need to be in the palace, but uh, that plan no longer works, and then it's it's time to for serene to have a moment to do a think and then check in with with Evan Teo because yeah it turns out that what Crathan said was actually correct Evan Teo has said that that he will convert to Shudereth and that uh, that may take Tiod with it
3: God damn it <laughs>
0: listen okay let me
3: borrow a quote from sean connery he's a man uh, of principle sam listen <laughs> losers keep their word winners go home and fuck the prom queen god. like
1: god i can hear that in sean connery's voice but i don't know what movie that's from what is it's, from, it's from the rock
0: the rock with oh, the all-star team-up yeah. of sean connery Nicolas cage and michael bay
1: i can't believe i have not seen that movie yet
2: <laughs> oh uh, caleb <laughs> i really want
3: to it's a good line, but, like, can we just talk about how every democracy in the whole world ever has, has fallen because, like, the party of principles decides to stick to their principles even when they're being tricked? Like, this is a trick, Evanteo! He he, he he, fucking he hates you! Do you not
0: get this? Just say no! Y- you, you, you arbitrarily said yes, you can arbitrarily say no. No, he got me. He got me good. Oh, you tricked me.
3: <laughs> you tricked me into this non-binding you thing. You little
2: rascal. <laughs> <laughs> Just say no to Shu Darren.
3: <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Just made <laughs> me so angry. Evan Teo, you're a man of principle. It's great. It's great to be a man of principle. Hrayton's not. Wern's no. not. Tellry's not. As we'll find out soon enough. There's also some weird,
1: like, waffling towards the end of this chapter where Serene is like, I now have to defend all of Aralon because it's all I have left. And like, three pages ago she was talking to Raiden of like, I don't care about Kay anymore. I only care about Elantris. I don't want to leave you because <laughs> this city means so much to me. It's, 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 you gotta pick a side, Serene.
3: But she'll protect Aralon, comma and Elantris.
1: It's true. It's true. She, she undoubles down and just says she'll protect all of it.
0: So we'll see back with uh, with Serene in a little bit. Uh, we are now going to see how things are going with Hraithan and all of the uh, the grand successes that he has had recently.
1: We're going to see chapter where Hraethen tries to go speak to King Telri and things don't go well for him.
3: Part one. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's also another marsh length
0: chapter. Yeah, we're, we're definitely in the <laughs> the brief check-ins at this point. So
1: many mini Hraithan chapters, I want more of the boy.
0: <laughs> Let's see, the next Hraithan chapter is short, and the next Hraithan chapter is short. Uh, so yeah, speaking of people and their uh, desire to keep or break promises... Uh, here is the conclusion of the kind of implied and somewhat stated dealings between uh, Hraithan and Telri because he Hreithen gets to the palace, uh, has to wait around before he can talk to Telri, which infuriates him. Uh, he, he eventually does get his, his audience and and gets to speak in private and Hraithen says, okay, it's time to pay up. We delivered you the throne. Now you convert to Shudereth. Uh, and Tilri, who is a fucker, says, no, I won't. <laughs> this is fucker behavior right here, yeah. 100%. Peak,
2: Peak fucker.
3: Prior to this, there is the ambition behind it, but this is just like, nah, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, Sam, don't you appreciate this because it's like the inverse of Evanteo? well this is this is what i'm saying like it would be fine if telly was also a man of his word but like your enemies are not men of their word evan Teo.
0: right the the only person here who is trying to to hold themselves to their own promises is the good guy who is is getting punished for it
1: i will not to be an apologist i know he's the antagonist Kraethen does keep his word, technically speaking. Serene he is does. healed.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> there is some deception involved, but
3: yes. Um. Oh, also at the start of this chapter, uh, I just love the fact that like Hrathen shoved aside a bunch of pillows so we could sit on the stone ledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's very Wraithan of him.
1: Yeah, I love what that says about Wraithan. And I also feel like classic rich person move of so many pillows that you have to move a ton of them aside just to find a place to sit down. That felt very <laughs> on brand.
3: And then going into the throne room and it's like overlapping tapestries.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, get do some do some actual interior decorating and like, stage these so that people can appreciate each of them as a work of art. No, they're just covering everything. But yeah, the uh, the move that Telri is is pulling, Horathan uh, was anticipating Telri is going to try to extort me for more money. And his attitude for that was basically, whatever. I have an empire at my back. We can pay Telri off however much he wants. It will be irrelevant when this this entire country becomes part of the Fjordal Empire. Uh, the demand that Tellry makes uh, is not a monetary one at all. It is, uh, he does not want to be uh, subservient to the religious leaders that he would be if he uh, converted to Shudareth and joined the Fjordal Empire. Uh, so he says that... Uh, If I, as uh, part of my conversion to to Shudereth, I will be appointed as a Gyorn, and that's his demand. Which Telly is a fucker. I have a (laughs) a tiniest bit of admiration for the balls of this move.
3: Oh my god, (laughs) what a what a ugh! I want to be a cardinal of this religion I just converted to. And also, I sent a letter to your boss. Right.
2: I already wrote <laughs> I've, the I've Pope. i emailed the Pope.
3: <laughs> you went over my helmet? <laughs> Spaceballs reference. Yeah, Highlight I that bingo it. space, baby. I got it. Hell yeah. Um,
1: th- to clarify, it's not just the religion I just joined. It's I will refuse to become Catholic unless I get to be a cardinal. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. That's so much worse.
0: Yeah, no, like Telry's an absolute fucker, but this move is possibly the biggest power move in this book.
3: <laughs> mm, Telry, I can't wait to see uh, all that he does for the rest of this book. It's going to be so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I will. I'm,
1: yeah, I will say not to get straight to it. Would have been satisfying if Wern showed up and is the one that took care of Telri. That that would have been <laughs> a nice conclusion to this. But
3: like Wern personally.
1: Well, I think I think, not to spoil my theory section, I think Word is probably on his way, and it would have been very fun if he just shows up in like in two and seconds, goes, beheads Telri.
0: No, you die. <laughs> so yeah, this this is part one of Krathen talks to Telri, and it doesn't go well. And we'll uh, we'll be back. <laughs> uh, we're back to a Raoden chapter for chapter forty nine, uh, and it's time for uh a serious in-depth study of aeons uh, because the only two things that he was doing previously were talking to serene and studying aeons and he can't talk to serene anymore so (laughs) it's all about the aeons now
1: they've lost their lead singer now it's just up to the instrumentation
0: yeah it's one of those weird things where like the the defining member of the band goes for a solo career and it's like what did the rest of you do
2: It's like the anti-panic at the disco, where everyone but the leading man left.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Reardon has actually maybe gotten some useful information here with the the link between Andor and the land of Aralon. Uh, it doesn't immediately lead him to an exact conclusion, but it's giving him lots to to kind of dig into. Uh, he's starting to to match up the different um, the different aeons with their meanings, comparing them to the actual map. Uh, and there's there's something there, uh, but he's working on it, he's experiencing debilitating pain from the door trying to do something to him, uh, and he cannot quite figure it out yet.
1: Yeah, this, I, I liked this kind of in-depth study. I was a little bit... I know we we haven't seen every single Aeon in existence, but he talks about how many often had a line at the bottom to represent the Coloma River. Do they? I don't remember any of the aeons we've seen having a a line that looks similar to that
0: maybe it's yeah i don't don't know once we do get to the the arthur canum after this whole thing there is a fairly exhaustive uh table of aeons which is just a whole bunch of neat patterns to look at so we can we can see (laughs) then if we can if we can figure out where those lines are
1: cool there's another thing of um He thinks that one of them might have an X cross somewhere in the middle of Eon Plantation, to which I would ask, which one?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the the mystery one.
2: Coincidentally, I was flipping, I flipped to said glossary of Aeons and happened to look directly at the one with the X. It is the lower left one, whatever version of the Eon Plantation is in the southwest.
0: Eon Plantation Prime. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Would it be prime? Because the the one of the northeast is right next to Elantris.
0: True. Maybe they they label them moving from the northeast to the southwest.
1: What a mysterious set of plantations.
0: (laughs) What an unnecessarily mysterious set of plantations.
1: (laughs) It's also well practicing that he starts using his hand differently, including including, using his fifth finger to draw small lines, because it would be ridiculous in this fantasy world to call anything
3: a pinky. <laughs> fifth finger. Yeah, just like days or... Are... I don't even remember. My doll? Doll?
0: My doll? My doll,
1: I think that's right, yeah?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember. Yeah there is a uh, a trope on TV Tropes uh, that is called Call a Rabbit a Smearp. Yep. Which is about uh, specifically inventing fantasy words that are just new words for a, a completely existing thing. Uh, and I believe the page quote is actually a Neil Stevenson quote. I think it's from Anathem. But in that book, there's actually a plot-relevant reason for it. That's a spoiler. Uh, anyway yeah raiden is is trying to uh to get anything out of this from sam's notes it appears that uh sam may have called it a few paragraphs before raiden did and was (laughs) very much wanting him to make the conclusion uh because uh well if andor is linked to the land uh, you know it's it's not like there are new mountains. The coastline didn't move. The uh, Sam is. Move. Sam is screaming from <laughs> the background. the chasm Rayodin. There's a chasm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is like Dora the Explorer at this point. <laughs> Can you
1: <laughs> find what on the map has changed?
0: It's a behind chasm. the box. Dora it's
2: a, it's a bad crack at the ground.
0: I will say there, Good. Is, a, there is a point <laughs> reading one of the Cosmere books where I did point at the book and say out loud that I had figured something out. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not above this. So, yeah, uh, there's a giant chasm in uh, southeastern Aralon. Uh, and it happened at about the same time that the Riyadh did. And everybody always thought that the enormous magical energy event was what caused the huge earthquake that opened a giant chasm in the ground. Uh, and Raoden has a theory, which is maybe it was the other way around. Maybe an earthquake happened or, or something happened. Uh, the chasm opened and now the magic that is is tied to the geography of this place is missing a detail so let's see what happens if we run with that theory
3: by the way in this section where where galadon is riffing off of him uh he says Sewell in all but two of his
2: exchanges
3: stop it no more Sewell. (laughs) no more Sewell, no more colo i'm sick of it
2: how else will ray odin know that he's his friend
3: how else will we know that he's doula?
1: <laughs> I will say, I actually really liked Galadon's particular exchange of trying to get Raodin to stop moping. And he says, it takes <laughs> a fine sense of pessimism to brood with any sort of respectability. <laughs> that line was very funny to me.
0: Raodin has a theory. He has the the practice with these Aeons that he's going to, going to try to experiment with it. And goes back to, to drawing his Aeons and and figures it out. It takes a couple of tries, but he he gets the the chasm line added correctly and burns a whole big chunk of the library up.
1: <laughs> there's there are sometimes when characters do something dumb, and I'm like, that's upsetting. I hate that they're dumb. And then there's sometimes when the character does something dumb, like lighting a fire in the middle of a library, and I go, that's wonderful. That's
3: I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you didn't really think about oh um maybe i should draw a a good aeon could have been any other aeon
2: but that i agree that that's very relatable Of just like whatever i was working on before let's just keep going with that hardly yeah, realizing it's the aeon for make big ball of fire in library no, it's great
0: <laughs> yeah i'm i'm you know this is like futzing with some sort of high-powered electronic device that hasn't been working for years uh and then you finally figure it out and you go oh that's it and you turn the switch on and something just explodes because there's now high voltages involved (laughs) uh so yeah let's uh let's let Galadon and uh Raoden recover from lighting the library on fire and let's see what uh what we have now because now they can actually start working through this and yeah raoden can make a work it still doesn't work great but it does work it does a thing
2: it does a thing thing,
0: which is progress all thanks to the chasm the chasm line yeah raoden uh has a a working theory for this as well uh, which is that uh, maybe there was there was some sort of power buildup. And so the first, probably the, the first Aeon in ten years that has actually worked had this this massive burst of power that had built up behind it. and now now we're back to a state where the aeons still only kind of work. Uh, they they do, they work at all and and raiden gets to go through a couple of them and figure out what can and can't work uh but yeah not not quite and most notably not quite healing aeons to try to restore them from the Shayod. uh no not yet we'll see if there's something else that we can figure out to to get that one working with uh, with Raiden's working theory that it's particularly Elantrians that are still somehow mid-transformation that can't be affected. Uh, he does need to figure some other things out. Uh, and one of the things that he he gets right uh, is an illusion uh, Aeon. He can, <gasps> he can do illusion magic. Uh, and so he can't actually heal himself, but he can make himself look healed. Ooh. <laughs> there's also the uh, like this is just a clever little trick but it's a, it's a fun one uh, where having just established that Elantrians can't be affected by, by Aeons uh, Rayodin manages to figure out how to effectively transform himself by making I guess a mask uh, and sticking it to his clothes which are not him so there's a little <laughs> trick there it's a Disguise Aeon! It is. We've We've uh, we've got some some magical disguising here.
2: Woo! Aeon of Disguise Elantrian.
0: Exactly. That's right. And he's going out to meet Serene
3: of the Disguise Aeon. I called it, baby. Just want to say that for the record.
0: Oh, yeah. No, there we go. Raoden will learn Aeons and escape. So, yeah, we will see where he ends up on the other side of a chapter cut. Uh, We are back outside of Elantris with Serene. Ash has been conveying messages in and out of Elantris, which we saw a little bit earlier. And uh, now he can't find spirit, so uh, apparently Raoden has already succeeded in the leave Elantris part. And we'll see what what happens next. Uh, The news from the palace from Ash is that uh, the Hraithan-Telry negotiations are still ongoing and still complex. Uh, so there's some unknown timer ticking. Serene doesn't know when that will get resolved.
2: There are two wild things in this one little page. One is Ash is reporting on what Telri's up to and says, I believe his largest current complaint is that there aren't enough young women left on the palace staff to which Serene responds, we've exchanged one idiot for another. No, Serene, you've exchanged a serial killer for someone who makes jokes about the serial killer victims? Like, that's why there aren't women left! It's because they dead killed in the sewers! they yes. all dead!
1: I, I, I took the comments <laughs> to be kind of a, a Lascivious thing of Tellery Probably. wants a bunch of young women around, but it's also like, yeah, Serene, you know why they're not around. You saw one of them.
2: <laughs> yeah. She was being sacrificed on an altar. <laughs> and then, wild thing the second is that Prathen apparently is drafting laws now. Can he do that?
0: Is sure. Stop him?
2: It's <laughs> the same attitude as to when he showed up to the party. He just rolled up to the, I don't know, legislative session and was like, Boom, here's mine. Is that allowed? Is that, is that allowed?
0: <laughs> but yeah, the uh the law that Krathan has apparently proposed uh is mandatory conversion to Shu'dereth, uh, and they will see what the uh, the consequences of that, see if what uh what way that breaks. Uh but in the meantime uh, it's time for some wacky fun, like in the middle of all of the like. There's there are plot points going off left and right here, uh, but it's time for a goofy disguise scene <laughs> with Kalu. What a Oof. name! Our our totally new original character Kalu, who has uh has just arrived, uh, apparently, in K. Uh, he is a doula. He has made it from the the Dulden Republic uh, with some some sort of of fantastical journey that we'll hear about. Uh, and he he meets Serene and is just a totally ridiculous person.
2: Are we we got we got to talk about it now? How this is basically Rowden doing blackface? If there's in every
1: one of these books so far, there's usually been like one scene where I'm like, we could probably cut that from the adaptation. I found it.
3: <laughs> it's the round and blackface scene. Yeah, yeah. We, I don't know if we need this.
2: Yeah, like weirdly, a similar situation came up in in the D and D group that Caleb and I both play in. it's <laughs> like there's a, li- literally, it's like you have to infiltrate this city that is full of drow. And in the world that I created, like, disguising yourself as a drow does not have the same racial implications as it does in in current-day America. But it still makes me, Beth last name, very uncomfortable. So we're not gonna do that. And I feel like we have to take the same tag here. And it's like, I don't know what the- I I assume that the connotations are different in good old Errolon on good old Planet Cell and the good old Cosmere but me, Beth, last name, reading it is a little uncomfy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The D D thing was rough, though, because you were like, as the DM, you do have the right to just be like, veto, no, that won't happen. And you you essentially uh, did get to that point. But there was the, like, discussion of, this is very uncomfortable. It legitimately would be a very useful way to get into the city, and that's what makes it terrible, is like, racial like political context aside it seems like it could be a sound strategy and i feel like the dm veto i think was the thing that that slanted down the most but i i think my i was trying to think of like an in-character reason of why shouldn't we do this and then i realized (laughs) oh the person who is like most like strongly uh trying to convince us to do this is a halfling and even with a disguise on would still be like three feet shorter than <laughs> any of the other drow that we're encountering.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: So as long as we can find a way to discuss, uh, well, no, I don't want to say an entire race of people is way shorter, but there's so much discussion about height in this book. There's, There's gotta be <laughs> something we can work with there.
2: <laughs> Brandon, we're just spitballing here. We know you're listening for the, uh, the 20th anniversary rewrite.
1: <laughs> we're trying to give you an out here on how to make this work. Because it seems like Barony Dan is probably not going to explode and fucking die. I'm holding out hope, but it's probably not going to happen. It seems like his only role in the book is to help the blackface happen. Because Kalu is here and he's like, and like the disguise is like, I am here and I'm going to try and take that land. And that's like the excuse Rayodin is using. And surely there's got to be a better plan
0: than that. (laughs) So yeah, looking at this this section again, I think the other thing that it makes it weird, this actually does become plot relevant. But not only has Raoden disguised himself uh, as someone of a different race, uh, he is also doing so by playing to stereotypes. Uh, yeah, and and this this is the first thing that Serena Serena notices it in her her narration uh is kalu here this person who has just arrived is like if you if you like asked a bunch of people on the street what do doulas stereotypically do this is just a list of all of them <laughs> yeah
3: i got twisted here uh because i thought kalu was a brand new character uh so i wrote down serene does a racism <laughs> I got completely wrong.
1: It is well. No, you're not wrong. Serene is also like, who's this new doula? I want to fight him with a sword that is not <laughs> like like she's like. I kind of want to kill this guy just immediately. It's it's really weird. It's also weird since she does not know that it's a person in a magical disguise. She's just like, he's suspicious. There's something about that character over there that I don't trust. It's like, that, that also feels really weird.
2: It is nice, question mark, to see that the the running bit of Serene throws sword at person and yeah. then immediately attacks continues <laughs> however many chapters later.
0: Yeah, wasn't expecting a callback on that one. No. Also,
3: uh, someone hands Kalou a cup. It's gotta be the water that they always drink at fencing practice, right? Nope, I guess they're done with that.
0: back to wine they gave up in the the five days when Serene was in Elantris they couldn't find any more water
2: (laughs) Yondel was like Serene's been damned for all eternity we're back to wine
0: (laughs) back to it baby I mean at least there's some justification there of hey we need a drink
3: fencing (laughs) is much more fun when you're slizzard
0: (laughs) yeah no actually in retrospect fencing does seem like a particularly bad time to be getting drunk we'll see how this goes yeah uh serene is is going to spontaneously sword fight someone again uh and it uh it's actually a, a decently close fight and then uh he he you know does some more goofy behavior and, and gets out of it and at, at the very last minute though he does he does get uh he does get cut so serene does kind of win this fight but did he get cut? There's no blood to be found. It's very strange.
1: <laughs> I will admit Kalu also threw me for a little bit. I think the only thing that really ticked me off early on was the fact that, oh, he also has a second Doula servant. and I was like, two new characters mysteriously showing up at once. feels a little bit off. I think that might be a doula. But I I was like holding out hope it wasn't that because I knew it would be blackface if it was true. <laughs> So, it wasn't until I think around the, the around the time Sam realized was around the time I accepted.
3: <laughs> so, yes, and I, I realized the my last written sentence of the chapter is "Oh, Kalu is Raiden." Got it. Chapter fifty one. <laughs> Perfect. I can be a little slow sometimes, but I get there.
2: Doesn't fencing take place on like a Set amount of track on the ground. A
0: straight line, yes.
1: Not if you watch the hit James Bond film Die Another Day, in which they do basically this exact scene, including one of them (laughs) falling into a
3: fountain. (laughs) Oh my. Also, fencing usually happens at
0: property lines. That's why it's in in a straight line. So, yeah.
2: So, chapter 51.
0: Do we laugh at the pun? Do we go to the next chapter? We're going to go to Hraithan for a short chapter that's uh, weird and disconcerting. <laughs> yeah, very weird. So, yeah, we're we're checking in on the state of uh, Aralon here from the, the conversion perspective. Uh, Hraithan was able to contact Wern. Uh, Wern was only moderately angry at the uh, ridiculousness of Telri demanding to be named a gjorn we we've we have confirmation that that's not going to happen so we'll have to see how that's actually going to progress from there and uh Hreithen is just kind of taking a look around the uh the, the marketplace in in K. Uh, and you know what's the the state of the country now? It's kind of that weird feeling where everybody's worried of what's gonna happen next, so people aren't doing everyday things. uh and then he catches a a glimpse of some bloodred, and uh <laughs> we have a weird creepy scene,
3: <laughs> oh Lord, that dealof also the only time we see him in this section, I believe I think it's you're correct is in a shadowy tent, a shadowy incense tent.
0: Yeah, like, Diloph has a monologue here. Basically, (laughs) he, uh, Prathen has has spotted, uh, Diloph, who is doing something here. Uh, it's a little dark in this tent, it's kind of creepy, and Diloph says that Prathen has failed. Uh, that, uh, Deloff knows what's going on and and kind of taunts Wraithin and then like leaves.
2: It does feel like this scene like Brandon visualized it and sort of let that lead him. He was like <laughs> I'm picturing darkness, I'm picturing smoke, I'm picturing incense. Uh Raythan's in the market and Deloff's there too.
1: He just happens to see him, walks in. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still... I'm not saying this is a theory. I I don't think this is the case. But I still am in love with... What if you read Elantris as... Everything about Diloph is Kraethon projecting... And Diloph is just a chill guy. (laughs) And this scene can just flat out be a hallucination in that reading. Because it feels way out of pocket that he just walks into a store... And Diloph just has this monologue ready. The shopkeeper is gone for no particular reason... And then Diloph just walks away and it's like, what the hell was that?
0: This does feel hallucinatory, doesn't it?
3: <laughs> a little, yeah, very heavy on uh, imagery here.
2: In that reading, the the eagle-eyed viewer will see that Diloph doesn't cast a shadow because he hasn't been real this whole time.
0: <gasps> Tyler Durden. <laughs> Spoilers. What do you think is part of the, the pantheon of spoilers everybody knows at this point like at at what point did fight club which i think definitely has joined that at what point did that get in
1: i feel like i was growing up and i that was the first thing i knew about fight club
2: yeah as soon as it started rerunning on like i don't know amc channel i'm proud of
3: myself uh because i didn't know uh, the first time i watched it (laughs) i had no idea which probably made it
0: a much Better viewing experience. Oh my
3: god, it was great. It was a wonderful viewing experience when you don't know that Tyler Durden is Melissa McCarthy.
0: I was waiting for you to say it was a coloss. <laughs> <laughs> it's <was> a
2: coloss. <laughs> this whole damn this whole time. Damn
3: time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, heading on to chapter fifty two, where we leave Krathin in what may or may not be a dream sequence. <laughs> uh we are now we, we find the direct confirmation that uh, Kalou was being uh, played by Raoden, uh, and he sure did get stabbed in the face. And that hurt.
3: Uh I imagine. Raoden says, I think Serene's
1: suspicious. She stabbed you in the face, Raoden. Yeah. She doesn't like you. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: Galadon has probably a pretty accurate read on the situation. Of uh we're Elantrians, and if a bad thing can happen to us, it will. <laughs> and we learned that uh Reaudin had apparently uh learned some fencing from Eondel. Uh, because he was he was trying to um uh, trying to show that, that Iodon's restrictions were kind of a silly thing, and so thought that he should learn to fight. And uh Eondel taught him defense. So that's good otherwise he probably would have just like gotten severely maimed by serene <laughs> but yeah the uh we we now kind of get a uh, a regroup on what's actually happening here uh Rayodin and galadon have escaped elantris uh they are uh now attempting to reinfiltrate infiltrate own friend group which is weird we get Galadon's opinion of Raoden's uh Dula Act uh, and he's not convinced. Uh, apparently Raoden's pronunciation is awful uh and uh and the the, the stereotypes are not uh, not exactly the truth. Uh but it is it is convincing enough that he is getting away with it thus far.
1: I'd be more on board with this if Galadon came down harder on the whole thing. I I yeah. the fact that he's just like slightly teasing about it is like No, you should fucking hate this, Galadon. Especially because of how much of a pessimist and a grumpy usually is. I was really hoping he would go all out. Because there's also, like... Once Royall comes in, Raiden goes on this really long speech of, like, yeah, well, the Dooladels were complacent and that's why they got massacred. It was really kind of their own fault. And it's like... Galadon probably hates hearing all of this. This is probably, (laughs) like, a really shitty thing to hear from someone who is doing a stereotypical doula-dell impression right that's that's not your culture speaking of Royale coming in I I will I, I don't think he has to be doula I think you could just write the story where if you really need a disguise it's still an Aralee disguise I kind of get why all right to wiggle back into high society I need to pretend to be someone else once he's in front of his friends why does he need to be in disguise anymore what is the actual point of that I, I'm really baffled as to how this is the optimal plan. Still,
0: yeah, it uh, it definitely has a a hint of kind of making it up as he goes, uh, <laughs> and and we'll see in the next couple of scenes as they progress that who gets told what when uh, is not something that Ryoden had figured out ahead of time. Oh, yeah, probably would have been uh, a benefit. I'm
1: just gonna say it now. Royal might still be alive if Rayoden has come clean. If Telri walked in and was like, holy shit, Rayoden's right there, that would
3: probably change the scene slightly. Well, yeah, you know, yeah I- I'm with you. But to be fair, like, I don't know. He's not, like, back to normal. He still looks like an Elantrian. I don't know what the makeup rag thing was at, th- at the end of it.
1: My, I mean, we can we can get to it. When we get to it. My interpretation is he basically had two disguises, and one mm-hmm. was
3: on top of the other.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, okay. I, I was wondering, like, how did he? But how did he smear makeup over his entire body? <laughs> that that also
1: that, that that took me like a reread to be like, okay, so that has to also be fake, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, let's. Uh, I think we can we can progress pretty quickly through chapter fifty-two because the the gist of it is that uh, Royale comes to to talk with Kalu, uh, and invites him to treason club. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't tell Telly though. We're not we're not supposed to be doing this, but we,
1: do, we might be doing treason still.
0: There is the like. I do think it is kind of an interesting scene of that that very delicate like there's kind of a a a prisoner's dilemma here where if one of them mentions doing a treason and the other is not interested in that then things go very wrong very quickly Uh, and so you (laughs) you need to have some assurance that the other person is going to agree with you when you when you bring that up so uh, but they they do manage to do that uh and You, you treason you spice yeah yeah (laughs) and uh and yeah here's the 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 part that um that Caleb you mentioned where Rayodin is talking somewhat authoritatively about what happened in Dooladel to quote his people which is not correct but yeah he he is going to be coming to the meeting and actually gets to to talk to his friends in confidence somewhat I do like uh, Raiden's explanation of uh, how he did manage to set that up uh, because uh, he he very particularly was expecting uh, Royal to be the, the one to bite here uh, because he says that, that Royal's reaction to, to figuring out that you're trying to trick him is not why are you trying to trick me is what can i do now that i know you're trying to trick me and so that was that was the kind of first thing that that got royall to say there's something more going on here i think we need to to push on this here Uh, meanwhile sam has asked a very pertinent question of uh (laughs) raoden purchased the clothes he was wearing with what money as a zombie (laughs)
3: <laughs> you are a zombie Raiden oh wait well it does go into it like he sold lamp mounts that he presumably
0: looted yeah there, there's he had access to the city of Elantris in ways that nobody else had so he presumably got to just take some stuff
3: yoink but it was weird like the congratulatory like oh thank you for bringing me those dozen lamp mounts uh, here I've deposited <laughs> enough money in your account to last you for years well, you don't understand, Sam. The gold lampshade market
1: is booming in the springtime. This is the perfect time to bring a bunch <laughs> of golden lampshades. They're perfectly in season.
0: It's right after Sour Melon season. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the real reason Ahan betrayed the party was because he was like, where did you get all those golden lampshades from? You have to tell me.
0: So yeah, uh, Raiden is going to get to, to rejoin his friend's Uh, He sets up for, as he says, a plan he hopes he won't have to use. Uh, He does have to use it, and we will see that in the next chapter. Chapter 53 uh, is our largest chapter of the section, which makes sense because a lot of serious things happen all in a row. (laughs) Yep. I think this may just be the start of our Sanderlanch here.
3: I would say so. The opening salvo. We also continue our, our proud tradition of Serene talking about someone behind their back and then that person going, "Oh, hi, I'm here. Hey! <laughs> Sorry, close the door. Feet away from you? <laughs> no, actually, Serene was the one who barged in before, so this is a comeuppance. This is a turning around. Because la- uh, 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 uh. and another thing, it was about the same thing. The uh, is she worthy of being in this group was Serene's, and now it's is he worthy of being in this group for Kalu.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I that? think it was. I think it was in the same place too. I think it was in the kitchen.
3: Yes, in the kitchen as well. Kalu burst in. Oh, we're doing this again, are we?
0: So <laughs> he didn't know that it happened the first time.
3: What happened to him back, back in the day? I know I made this group, but I know you're talking about whether or not I'm worthy.
0: It's a very confusing game with, like, three layers of, of disguising and, and relationships going on here. Or it's just a hazing thing, like
3: every new member. <laughs> <laughs> they have to talk about them behind their back in the kitchen, specifically. <laughs>
2: I just like the note that Lukel is moping that he's no longer the most popular man in the Treason Club. <laughs> it made me laugh.
0: Yeah, I mean Lukel was probably uh Lukell was probably overjoyed when Shuden and and Terena actually got together. Cause he's like, finally, people are going to try to date
2: someone other than Shuden. <laughs> But he's but but Lukelle is married to. Um, he's what? Um, uh, to <laughs>
0: to Luquel's wife.
2: <laughs> That's the uh, one.
1: It is Jala, for the record. Yes, it is.
2: We're just making fun of about it.
0: <laughs> so, uh, trying to figure out uh, n- now that the the Treason Club has uh, gotten everyone back together, uh, including Ahan. Let's keep an eye on him.
1: Aham was late,
3: huh? As usual, Anyways. yeah. Late because he's fat. This uh, section yeah. just there's yeah, there's more in. of it. They keep they keep doing it. It's not that funny. It's not it's not funny at all to me. It really grinds it in this whole chapter. He's fat. He's fat. He waddles. He blubbers. Okay, Brandon.
1: <laughs> there's also I don't think they've used the term until now. We just described it as such. They just flat out used the term sharecropping in this chapter, which I found funny. They do, yeah. <laughs>
3: they
1: do. I in, in that the as well. In positive
2: light we've been yep. uncomfortable about. So Lady Servine's plan to sharecrop my peasants has given them a taste of freedom, and they've grown far more self-confident. Cool. Great. I
1: want Galadon to be like, Lady Servine's plan to what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I hope in the whatever adaptation there is of this, we just get Galadon making a bunch of background faces like the what now?
0: The who? <laughs> that yeah, that's like these entire four chapters is just Galadon trying not to, to blow the disguise, but also being very <laughs> concerned about everything that's going on. <laughs> but uh yeah, the the sharecropping is apparently going great. Uh, the main problem with it here is that it's too slow. Because, uh, yeah, that's the that's the problem. <laughs> it's,
3: even though we set up like 20 chapters ago. I also just,
1: knowing where this reading is going and how part two ends, there's a lot of talk specifically from Raoden of, you don't want a bloody revolution. You don't want to be hurting
3: any guards. That would be bad. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Oh, uh, as I wrote in my notes, uh... kalu makes everyone feel bad about killing a guy. Why not raise up the nobility and the guards instead of the peasants? In fact, can we just remove the peasants from the book? Maybe we can shove <laughs> them all in the chasm.
0: I wonder what that would do to Andor.
1: Ooh. Hey, if you fill it up enough, maybe that'll fix it.
0: <laughs> With bodies, oh god. Uh, yeah, let's, let's return to, uh, later topics. Uh we've been calling this the treason club mostly just because it's a funny phrase to say uh but there is a point in this conversation where Eondel says maybe we kill Telri," uh and even everything else that they've been doing there's there is a line about to be crossed and it does give them all a moment of pause
1: it does but i also really appreciate the subtlety of serene knew before the meeting even started that they would have to cross this line oh yeah and she was just waiting for everyone to get to it i thought that was a really cool detail
0: for sure
2: yeah i i think it's it's so like that half page is a cool character study for like three different people of a Dell suggesting it b serene knowing it would come up just not expecting it to come up this quickly c keen just Showing a, quote, cold dispassion about the whole thing And then the rest of the room falling silent I think that's a very cool moment
0: mm-hmm. I'm going to spoil the moment slightly By relating things to another Nicolas Cage movie Hell
2: yeah. <laughs> Face-off mm-hmm.
0: uh, No, National Treasure Hell yeah
1: <laughs> I was about to say even better I was like, nothing can beat Face-off But it's a close second <laughs>
0: uh, th- The moment when when Iandel suggests uh, killing tellry. I could for some reason only hear that in the same cadence as Sean Bean suggesting that they borrow the Declaration of Independence back at the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> of just the kind of we don't know what to do, maybe we do a crime.
2: Then Luquel goes, Not that it can't be done, shouldn't be done.
3: Ah, <laughs> oh, that's Scene Bean.
2: Scene <laughs> Bon, yes.
3: Himself.
0: so uh, yeah that is uh it's it's worth some consideration the people are are the people here are going to have to figure out what's the actual merit here you know and is there any alternative because the first thing to do is look for an alternative to assassinate the new king and during this whole discussion uh we do get it it's not quite um let's see sam you had a request for serene figure it out for fuck's sake uh caleb you had a prediction of serene won't figure it out for fuck's sake serene (laughs) does figure something out
1: that's the thing well if you remember from last time it was that was sam's prediction that was my prediction and then i followed up with i think there's a way we can both get what we want and that happened we got it we We were both (laughs) right (laughs) we
3: we both get what we want here
2: that's beautiful although i
3: did facepalm It's just like, come on. We redora the exploring it again.
0: I do like the the moment uh where Serene like noticeably reacts to this when figure when she figures it out. Uh and we get a like three sentence digression to Rayodin's POV just for well fuck.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I love that too.
0: And so now now we're back to um uh, to royal's uh I've figured out that you're trying to trick me now what can I do about it uh but now it's it's serene who uh does manage to uh as they they go off for a break they all kind of go their separate ways briefly uh serene manages to get uh Rayodin alone uh and says what the hell are you doing here <laughs> Yeah, he just
3: he wasn't totally enough for the turtle club, I guess. <laughs> Quite past so the
1: second the time test.
0: this book we referenced the master of disguise. I was the I was trying Zero to Dance. get there.
1: I was trying <laughs> to get there we talked about the illusion magic and I couldn't think of a good way to bring in the fact that Ray Odin in blackface needs to have a moment of silence for a lancress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh there is there is a confrontation here uh like we said there's there's one layer of disguise that's been been fought through Uh, and uh spirit here gives serene the very quick version of uh you were right about aralon relating to andor the chasm fixes it and i have figured out illusion magic so that's what i'm doing here now let's go back to the whole rest of the problem at hand please
2: and please don't punch me <laughs> it is it's kind of Rayodin's
1: fault because he specifically says i had to add one line and the entire system started working again and then five lines later he has to go okay no half the system is fixed i lied that was <laughs> that was just incorrect information i told you uh but yeah this exchange is i actually quite liked this kind of transition from anger to relief from serene i thought it was kind of cute this conversation was fun i like this
2: yeah
3: yeah, it was fun to read. I did, however, write blah blah banter. <laughs> I, I think also fair. It's a little bantery, but uh, it's it's good. Uh, and uh, Serena's mad at Rayoden for lying to her. Just you wait, hun. Just hold on. <laughs> yeah. There's more Is to that
0: come. Is going to be a problem? <laughs> so yeah, uh, they banter about the, the fencing, uh, about all of this this kind of stuff but uh they they do need to get back to the the issue of uh what uh of the treason meeting and
1: (laughs) uh we're planning someone's assassination
0: we are (laughs) uh which is in fairness maybe a valid reason for raiden to say i need to tell you something else later because surprise I'm secretly your husband that you thought was dead is pretty high on the list of things that take priority over whatever else is going on but maybe literal assassination of a head of state actually goes above that <laughs> it's a complicated ranking I'm not an expert
1: Tier list what's what's the most important thing to tell Serene right now S <laughs> rank assassination A rank I'm your husband <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, so we'll go back to the meeting. Uh, where's Ahan? He's gone. Hmm, that's weird. He's
1: gone. I will admit, I I clocked of like that's bad. I can tell that's actually going to be a bad thing. I thought he got poisoned. I still, I I was not distrustful of him the page before the reveal, um. But I I did clock of like, oh, he's missing. That's probably really bad.
0: Uh, as as Sam is uh, pointing out in his notes, the uh, the third time that. Ahan's odd behavior that's been mentioned which is maybe starting when we're going to think that something bad is actually up there's also more jokes about him eating lots of food
1: <laughs> his stomach would never go back because he eats so much so, so funny
3: did you know that he's fat? <laughs> so fat! funniest
1: shit I've ever seen
0: back to the murder part
1: <laughs> All right. it's, uh, speaking of the murder part
0: Yeah, actually, in more ways than one, Uh, because we get another, I don't know, quarter of a page uh, of uh, diving deeper into the uh, killing the king plan. Because it turns out that, like, line one gets crossed when Eondel says, maybe we kill him. Line two gets crossed when Royal has already hired some assassins
2: yeah <laughs> it's
1: yeah. it the the shoehorning in of this last check gun was actually hilarious to me because it feels like brandon had like a timer out for countdown to the eye uh, uh, hound bursting in he was like i gotta have real mention the assassins real quick it was like i got assassins oh shit a uh, hauntier! here <laughs> <It's> like,
3: he <laughs> mentions it real quick and then we're moving on I really would have liked that scene to extend for 10 more minutes some associates of mine to arrive associates yes ass assiates
2: <laughs> wink
3: I <was> like, <laughs> yeah he's winking at all of them <laughs> you know us ass associate you know wink
1: lukel's Luke like why are you saying associates weird what are you Royale, they're assassins, okay? There's What assassins. the fuck? They're
2: what? tell here. <laughs> <laughs> it just becomes. <laughs> There's a whole bit in Good Omens about how winking is a terrible form of communication, and in, in Good Omens, it results in the Antichrist being misplaced. But like. It, it segues into the different characters' thoughts of, like, this character- Character A thought the wink meant this, while character B was communicating this, and this is what character B was trying to communicate. We just get ten pages of that, <laughs> of Roe all winking, and then Lukell being like, why is he winking at me?
0: But yeah, there's, uh, in this case, there's no time for that, because, uh, Ahan did not, in fact, leave because his stomach hurt. Uh, he left because he's going to betray them all as a joke as a joke got you yeah got him (laughs) i actually think this is this is really interesting because like yes it's it's very weird at i think at first that he's like ha i got you now you're all under arrest and probably gonna get killed because you kept beating me in your business dealings but also, like, not only were they beating him in their business dealings, but they were just kind of, like, bullying him. The whole book.
2: I, I also think there's a, a fascinating measure of rich people think they're immune to consequences. Because even if they have been beating him in business dealings, he's still super rich. So the the fact that he's like, ha, ah, this, is, this is all just another game, and, and this time I've won at it. Without even contemplating exactly what the stakes are. That's, I I think it, it feels very fucked up but true to me.
1: Yeah, I've done a lot of processing of this twist and I'm kind of in the same place. I think I would, I would just like it a little bit more if previously we had seen more instances specifically of Ahan being like childish and like stupidly petty. Because it felt slightly out of character at first just because he has seemed like one of the, one of the dangerous Knights crew. Like you mentioned that they bully him, but he bullies right back. Like he seems to be fitting in. And I guess I just wanted, we got so much text devoted to how Edan was twitchy and fidgety. And I wish we'd gotten a little bit more of like, and a head is in the clouds sometimes. Somebody sometimes doesn't like really like realize the implications of his actions, or he acts very childish when he doesn't get what he wants. I wish we'd gotten a little bit more of that, but aside from that one detail, I wish that aspect of his personality had been a little bit stronger. I was looking at this twist and it reminded me a lot of the Orasur twist of I never saw it coming, but goddamn looking back, it does kind of check out. There's there's a <laughs> lot of like specific dots that I would have had no way of knowing I should have been connecting, but they do connect. And yeah, I, I read it at first and I was like, that came out of nowhere. And then I thought more about it. I was like, it really didn't, actually. And I think that's a sign of a pretty solid twist.
2: Yeah, there's... I I, I think you're right that it, we could have used a bit more of, of childishness or, or whatnot. But there's there's one line that I clocked on this re- read of at Royal's eclipse party. Royal's kind of like rubbing in his face like, I, I was in on Lukell's sour melon deal. And Ahan is like i'll get you back sometime and you'll be so surprised you won't know what to do with yourself and i was just like huh. mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but like even the introduction of these two you kind of assume that it's the it's the the ham and breeze i've been comparing them so much but Royal just flat out says like yeah they might still hate each other i actually don't know if this is like a bit or if they legitimately like consider themselves enemies i don't really know <laughs>
0: And then let's, uh, once the, the first part of the twist has happened, uh, let's read just like four more sentences down and Royal gets stabbed to death. Span- what, you egg? <laughs> and he gets stabbed.
1: Ah, uh, you've, I, what is it? Um, is it Polonius who's like, ah, you've stabbed me.
0: <laughs> That's definitely Polonius. <laughs> I don't remember actually what play what you egg is from. It's for Macbeth,
3: okay. Which which I know because I looked it up. I don't know it offhand.
1: Polonius,
0: yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah. Polonius but, is is yeah. Hamlet's uncle. And and talks way too much and just like won't shut up about anything. Which is why even when he gets stabbed to death, he has to monologue about getting stabbed to death.
1: Yeah, I've <laughs> I've heard like part of the reason why is like he's hiding behind curtains, so he needs to find some like. Shakespeare needed to communicate to the audience of like, no, he got him, he is dead. Um, but yes, it is also very funny that like, yeah, his core character trait is he won't shut up, and so even while being stabbed, he's like, "I have been stabbed."
3: <laughs> All I know is, Ahan is a saucy boy, <laughs> in more ways than one.
0: <laughs> but yeah, this stabs him. But well, yeah, uh, Royal's dead uh tellry has come to personally deliver said judgment uh this is apparently already off the rails of what Ahan thought the plan was going to be uh he he was was told that they would simply be arrested uh we've seen now twice that tellry does not care one iota about honoring deals that he's made uh because <laughs> he says uh no we're just gonna kill them uh, we're going to we're going to go find the assassins that I just definitely overheard about, uh, and throw them off the walls of Elantris.
3: I love how Ahan is mad. Like, oh, you you said you'd just throw them in prison for planting treason and hiring assassins. Like, okay. To be
1: fair, Ahan did actually not know about
3: the assassins. Presumably. Well, yeah, I guess at that point, maybe Tellri changed his mind because of the assassins.
1: Tellri probably didn't, but I, it is an interesting like. They were even further into the treason than Aehan probably thought they were.
0: But uh, now that we've had uh, two dramatic plot twists, uh, that means we can only just go right into a third uh, because uh, Raoden... This is now the the part that is a little confusing uh, until you you see exactly the details here. Uh, He has now... Uh, given up on one of his two disguises, but replaced it with a different disguise, which is himself but heal.
2: <laughs> Rayodin drew the Aeon to put Rayodin back on top of Rayodin, who's an Elantrian.
1: So that's, at first, I thought he was like making this new Aeon. In the moment. And I was like, how fucking complicated is that to be to create your own self on top of yourself? Now I'm assuming he had both disguises on the whole time.
0: I believe that is the the implication there.
1: Okay. Because I was originally envisioning... Royal is in the middle of getting stabbed and Rayodin is in the corner just like furiously doodling into the air <laughs> like, okay, and then I get the nose and get my hair back and then, get... okay, and Chasm, go!
0: So yeah, if we are uh, in the midst of all sorts of complications related to uh, the rule of the country, then the thing that will cause the most possible chaos is the very sudden reappearance of iodon's literal actual air uh which is what Raydon has has produced here uh reappearing as himself but healed uh and the first thing that that does uh is it uh freaks everyone out for a second and and <laughs> gets them to get a moment so yeah so Telri flees uh, tries to figure out what the hell just happened uh and the first thing that raiden does is he is going to try to heal royall
3: i kind of love this (laughs) i mean it's sad that is dying here right uh but his healing spell like heals him (laughs) not 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 the right spots but kinda
0: yeah no it, it is just kind of like generally making him healthier but he has a stab wound and Rayoden cannot specifically address that and yeah we uh, we see Rowie all die here
1: if Beth and I had a nickel for every time in the past week we watched a scene where someone has healing superpowers and they try to heal someone but it's just too late and they have to die and there's nothing they can do about it we would have two nickels.
2: <laughs> oh, I think we would get an extra penny for it being like either a grandfather figure or a literal grandfather.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is weird that it's happened twice.
2: <laughs> Jojo is a very good show. Jojo
0: is a
1: very good show.
0: I am also glad that uh, with with Royale's last moments here, we do have we have Raiden, who knew him very well, you know, as they, as, as Riordan says, you know, without Royall's influence, Riordan thinks he may have ended up a lot more like his father. Uh, but I'm also glad that Serene was there, even though she does say she feels like she's intruding on this. But she was also uh, fairly close to to Royall, even among the whole crew. So I'm glad that she was there too. Uh, but then we get the uh, the end of the chapter as now that the immediate combat has ceased, uh, everyone needs to figure out what to do with this fact that uh, Reoden has reappeared. Eondel speaks for most of the people and says, my king. And uh, Serene has uh, the the realization of my husband.
1: And for the record, it seems to be going over well that you told your friends that you are in fact Reoden
3: still alive. (laughs) Why did it take you until now to do that? I still don't really know. Do you think Tellery would have like barged in and been like, "Hi, I'm here to arrest." Oh, it's her hand and bye. <laughs> I mean,
2: that's pretty much
3: what happened. Right. But like instantly, like the second he goes through the door, he's like, oh,
2: never mind. Like that one Simpsons gif of the guy walking in the door, <laughs> putting his hat down, walking in a circle, picking his hat up and leaving.
3: Pretty much. Well, Grandpa Simpson. So,
0: it feels very weird to end this section on another very short Craiton chapter, uh, but that's what we need to do apparently, because uh, we need to we need to finish off the the cycle one more time. And we're, so we're going to go back to Hraythin. Uh Things are things are starting to get out of control here, and Craiton. We've seen him higher and lower on his amount of success, and there were definitely some places where he uh, was kind of denying the influence that that Diloph was having. Uh, but he is is having to very rapidly come to terms with the fact that not everything is going as he had hoped it would plan. Uh, he is he's trying to deal with the fact that uh, Roiel is dead which uh, he, he describes as some kind of random move and is, is going to have to figure <laughs> out what the the consequences of that will be. Uh, he learns that Raoden has returned uh, and his immediate thought is that it is some sort of trick like the ones that he's been doing where uh, he, he blames Serene. He thinks that Serene has has found some sort of, uh, of imposter and so is going to make a claim for the throne that way. Uh, and we'll we'll have to deal with that. So let's go back to, to Tellry to try to talk to him, and, and see if that works out any better the second time. Part yeah, let's two! Talk to
2: let's go talk to Tellry! Yeah.
3: Nope. <laughs> Tellry's not doing much talking anymore.
0: No, he's not. Prathan also no. does
3: the Abe Simpson gif of walking to the throne room and
1: walking back
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He He arrives at the palace this is another element of hraithan's personality like we get one more of just kind of silly moment uh where uh tellry has been refusing to talk to him probably because Telri has a lot going on right now and so hraithan's strategy is to just wait there and then every five minutes say can i talk to him now <laughs> no okay i'll wait can i talk to him now and he just keeps doing this until one of the times that the soldier go. Kudos to the soldier for actually going to ask every time. Uh, but the soldier goes in and does not come back out. Uh, a different soldier comes out. There's some combat happening. Uh, Eondel has decided that the, the next thing that has to be done is to storm the palace. Telri is also dead and that's where the and and Eondel is uh is also imminently like bleeding out it's, and that's where our section closes.
1: Theraton says two corpses like it appears Eondel also is dead. Yeah. Uh there's there, okay there's a lot on this last page that's wild. <laughs> there is. <laughs> one one thing that legitimately annoys me is for just to make the plot slightly more interesting. This is apparently the one day ever Wraithen is not wearing his armor. I I actually <laughs> was really annoyed by that because we've put so much emphasis on the armor, and I find it kind of annoyingly. It's not really Deus Ex Machina. Well, I mean, he's kind of the villain, but it's not Deus Ex Machina because it's a diabolus
0: ex machina. Sort of, you... but
1: again, yeah, that is a term I've heard. But again, Hraithan is the antagonist, so I don't even know if that applies. But just at, for for no specific reason, this is the first scene in the entire book we have seen where Hraithan is out of and about, and he has decided not to wear his armor today. That that just seemed convenient in a very silly way. Then you also have to keep in mind, when Hraithan enters through the room... There is a battle already happening. The tapestries are already in flames. A lot of people are already dead. And he was in front of the door. And the guard went inside. And I don't care how quickly he opened and closed the door. Raven didn't notice anything wrong. Like, in the steamed hams bit, there's the point where Skitter goes back into the kitchen and... You can see that the kitchen is on fire for a brief second. You'd think Wraithan would get that moment, but he doesn't. (laughs) And then I'm also, maybe some of this will be answered in part three, but it's also like, two pages ago, Rayodid came back and he just got done saying, hey, maybe if we inspire the nobility, we can force Telri out of power. Assassins are bad and dishonorable. It's a good thing that we haven't used them yet. And within a page, we are now at open rebellion and assassination. And I don't know exactly what the flip was there. It's it just, I know the Sanderlanch has a reputation for happening very suddenly. This was particularly sudden. It has been a page since Aandel was bowing down to Rayodin, who seems not on board with assassination if they could help it, and Telri is dead at Aandel's hand. It, there's, it's, there's a lot. There's a lot happening.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, I think this is a definitely a consequence of this being uh, Brandon's first book. Is over time, I think the Sanderlanch has developed into something that is an exciting part of the book. Like it, it's something that you look forward to, um, and it is fun to read through. I think in this ed- edition of it. It wasn't it wasn't quite as developed, and particularly that it starts so suddenly. Uh, feels weird, but we're we're, uh, we're in for it now. We're gonna see where this takes us. So yeah, uh, that is the close of uh, our part two, and all we have left in this book is part three, The Spirit of Elantris, and uh, some extra material at the end of various forms. Uh, I'm gonna get to at the end of our episode exactly how we're going to be closing that out and proceeding onwards. Uh, but yeah, there's there's not a lot to get through now. We've got we've got one section. Uh, it is going to be the largest section that we read in terms of of like word counted one episode, just a little bit bigger. And we're gonna see what happens there. One thing that is going to be immediately apparent, and I just think this is this is interesting. Uh, is all the way up to the very end of part two, uh, we have been rigorously following the the three chapter narrator sequence aside from uh, three chapters, 23, 28, and 53 where and they're they're all serene and raodin where one of the one of those two gets a very, very brief POV in a chapter for the other one. Uh, once we start part three, all bets are off. We are we're going to be seeing whoever we need to at the time. We're going to be changing povs repeatedly in one chapter, like within a hundred words of each other. So, yeah, it it's going to be a uh, a ride to the finish, and uh, I'm looking forward to to giving that a read. So you're
1: saying there's still a chance for a quick pov of Eden where he explodes and fucking dies.
0: I will say there are there are names on this POV list that we have not seen before. No comment on whether or not Edan's one of them. Could be though. Is human one of them? Never say never. Human, I will tell you, is not one of them. Damn it!
1: (laughs) Is Hoyd one of them?
0: Yes, but not in the section that we're actually going to read.
1: I'll get fuck? to that
0: once we've finished our predictions and whatnot.
1: <laughs> I'm assuming that's that's post uh post book.
0: Yes. Stuff, but... um, what is on the uh the, the list of POVs, which is actually fairly unusual for a Sanderson book, is narrator. We get a a non-character brief POV that's just kind of a, a more overall thing. So that's, that's kind of interesting. I don't know how many times that actually comes up.
3: Let's <laughs> start with, hey, everyone, Brandon here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, kids. We've, We've had, had a, lot a lot of fun. fun.
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, before we get there, we do have more things to talk about in this episode itself. Uh, we're not going to cast Kalu because it's Raoden. <laughs> we will leave it to the the future adaptation to figure out how we actually deal with this scene and whether there are changes that need to be made.
1: I will say, I have been casting the, like Sam has brought up before, I, I, and I forget actually who actually said it, but like, Sam often has a whoever he pictures, whoever feels right, and then I usually go like, if I was adapting this and I was trying to cast Hollywood actors, right, and I'm keeping in mind... If I was adapting this, and if I was adapting this, Kalu would just be cut entirely, which is the
0: specific reason I have not cast Kalu. I think that's a reasonable thing that one could do. So uh, there. And, and with the exception of our two uh, quote-unquote new characters, uh, I believe that's it for this section. Uh, so I can check for uh, backfills and recasts before we go on to uh to figure out what's going to happen in the last section of this book. Anything from you, Sam? No, not not really. I think the time has passed for the most part. Yeah. Caleb, anything on on your side?
1: Now, Justin, you always say there's no one new to cast.
0: So you you've you've had that lead in twice now and it's been two different follow-ups to it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's another trick. Yeah, there's nothing new today. Yeah,
0: okay. Hey. Okay. Yeah. Um How does this book end? Where where do we yes. go from here? We've this book about. We've lost several major characters. We've had major characters rejoin groups in in different ways. Uh we have we have one of our three main pov characters as ostensibly the antagonist but we're still kind of debating whether that where that goes what's going to happen here i i'm very curious to to know what we think
3: well uh one of my predictions came true which is that some of these million motherfuckers are going to die yeah i sure
2: can (laughs) check
0: that one off
3: please reduce the cast list do not reduced (laughs) it's been reduced um. So, uh, I don't have a ton, but I will tell you my thing. Okay. Uh, first, a confession here: I dismissed Serene and Rayodin in most of my reviews. Um, in terms of like their length versus Freythan, uh, because their plotline was, let's be real, pretty static. <laughs> it's like Serene, Serene fucks around. Rayodin tries to figure out what's going on with Andor. <laughs> repeat whereas Frayton like they burned a guy and it's like he's doing political intrigue I don't know
0: Brandon has talked about this on on his writing podcast where a thing that that writers often have to deal with as a problem is that the antagonist is the one who is actually doing things and is therefore the most interesting
3: Mm. and then the protagonist does something it's called a hope spot from wrestling wrestling,
0: which has been relevant on this podcast. yeah uh, I, I'm curious you you bringing up uh, the Serena Radon predictions is this because this episode's development this episode's developments have uh, have pushed that beyond at this point um, I don't have a lot of predictions
3: for anybody honestly I'm, okay a lot of my a lot of my chips I'm just l- letting ride oh, that's fair. Um, but, uh, also one of the reasons why I focused on Traython was because of the incredible parallels with the conquest of Mexico, uh, which I still think are going to happen. So there you go. Um, but, uh, anyway, uh, Raiden, uh, first of all, he's going to figure out these damn aeons, uh, for real
0: actual, we'll get them to
3: work, actually get them to work and not just mildly glow, um, and then I think he's going to head over to the chasm, take a look see and figure it out. Uh that is a long way away from him. So I don't think that's a super probable, but I would like him to figure it out. That'd be great. Uh what's the problem? Who knows. I don't I don't really know. Something's blocking the door. <laughs> Could it be the doorstop? A hey. uh Serene, uh she and Raudin are, I'm assuming, just gonna be together for the rest of the book. Um uh let's see. Uh any kind of differentiation between her and Raoden? Like she's her own character. She's got good characterization at this point, that whole thing. But any like differentiation was kinda of lost when Evan Teo <laughs> decided to
0: fucking cave Ugh. So you know. think their their plot lines are going to track pretty close together at this point? Yeah, I I think they'll like you know, I think they'll have different
3: POVs, but I think they're mostly going to be in the same spot. Okay. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, n- the question I'm that I came across at the very end was the did Eondel do what he did with the group's approval? Uh, I'm gonna say no. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess, without reading it, that the first lines of chapter fifty-five, much like how we had the gates slam shut, the first lines of chapter fifty-five will be, "You did what?" <laughs> or I guess he did what, because I didn't clock at the time when I wrote these that he died. I it took that was
1: another one that took me a reread because it said he was like wounded, and I was like, oh no, and then it specifically says
3: two corpses, and I was like, I is that who is that what I think it is? Who's the second corpse? I thought it was a guard. It's until fourth like, Until like five minutes ago, I thought it was the fourth <laughs> voice. Uh, but it's Yondel. So, uh, and then Hrythin. Uh Well, there goes that whole plan of Hraithan's. So, uh, I don't think Hraithan can Hraith-Demption... It, it, listen, all right, there's gonna be a hate dumption. he's gonna he's gonna change he's gonna be like i'm I'm gonna be a good guy now uh, but I think that it's not gonna be effectual because by that point, Delof's whole gears will have run him over um it's gonna be one of those cases where like the villain does his long monologue at the end, but you actually are getting lowered into the acid pit like <laughs> there's you actually can't do it like James your feet are in the acid the door's locked. nobody's coming for you james <laughs> no more quips, so I think it's gonna be kind of like that like the it's it's over i win uh unless it uh unless fucking Rayoden figures out these aeons damn it uh anyway uh what happens now Chaos. i mean i mean chaos.
0: I am Chaos. I am incapable Chaos. of not saying Chouse. Chouse. Uh so I think Delaf
3: does it Diloff's way, which is Wern's way. Uh I think Fjordan will come on over. Uh with boats with guns. Gunboats. Gun even boats. though they're gunboats. Uh and then I think that uh like I said, they're gonna kinda just shove everybody into one central spot and start the killing. So, that'll be interesting and neat and nifty. Um, yeah, can't wait to see what happens. What's going to happen at
0: WrestleMania? It's going to happen on Sunday. <laughs> All right. Uh, with Sam's final uh, predictions for the book setup. Uh, I will say as a preview of part three, uh, Sam. One of your predictions—I will not say during which chapter or which one—wins my award for most surprisingly predicted. So oh. we'll, we'll see. We'll see which one that is.
1: Something right. beats Edan explodes and fucking dies. That's impressive.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's the kind of thing where when you insist on it repeatedly it kind of feels like it's inevitable to us then so it becomes less surprisingly correct i see caleb what do you got for us
1: uh well first i just i, I wanted to go over a couple of predictions that came true for me as well okay um i got some of the details wrong but i correctly guessed the and pivot and he would start talking about how shoot dareth is the way to save the elantrians rather than trying to paint them as demons still you finally got around to doing that. Um, <laughs> once more, I'm like a character in Elantris, where I keep being right, but not for the exact correct reasons,
2: because
1: mm-hmm. um, I also got a nice ding 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 of the chasm caused the Door to go uh, awry, um, so I was happy with that. I was also, even though it happened in a way I really didn't like... Um, I, I also predicted, um, Odin using illusion magic to try and, uh, I don't know if I actually, no, I didn't predict magic. I was wrong about predicting magic. I thought it would just be makeup, but I was like Rayudan can pretend like he's better in order to try and retake the throne. Did not guess blackface. I'm happy that I didn't guess blackface, but it does seem like his new strategy is have a disguise that makes him look like he is Rayodin but fully recovered and try to take the throne that way it remains to be seen if that goes exactly the way I predicted it, but he we now have seen him in disguise pretending to be recovered Raodin, um, which I did predict. And then also, I just wanted to like, again, talk about how happy I was that Sam and I were both weirdly right about whether or not Serene figures out who mm-hmm. uh, who Rayodin is. I thought that was very fun. Okay, so let's, let's get into it. Second to last episode. Caleb's gonna go nuts doesn't mean he's gonna be right (laughs) a lot of these I'm not feeling super confident on but it does mean I have to go nuts um one thing that I was already slightly disappointed by um is something I was hoping would happen is the first page of part three has all the same aeons we've seen for part one and part two on it I was really hopeful that the chapters would start including the chasm line on the aeons um The part three introductory page doesn't have that. So I don't know if the chapters themselves are going to have that, but I just thought that would be a really fun way of like updating the chapter bit to reflect the plot. That would be really fun. Um, uh, All right, next up, this could be epilogue. I don't know if this is going to end up being important within the plot, but I think Reiodin will be able to restore E.N. and it will be very happy. Um, We we saw him trace the E.N. Aeon that one time because um, I think that's the healing one, right? Um, so technically we saw him do it a couple times and uh didn't, didn't work too well either time. But um, now that he can upgrade what the Aeons look like, he might be able to restore his on EN with the Aeon EN inside of it. All right, here's here's my fun one, which is I still think Krayth-Demption can still happen. And this time, instead of a long monologue, I'm going to do it by drawing a graph, which is very helpful in this visual medium we're all experiencing. But you can follow along at home if you'd like, because I'm going to describe what I'm drawing. You got to draw, you know, your standard X-Y axis. You're going to label this uh, graph the villain with redeeming qualities graph. So got your x-axis you got your y-axis x-axis is going to be labeled as likability and your y-axis is going to be having a bad time a meter <laughs> and then what you're going to see is that the line of this graph is going to start at the bottom left and in a linear fashion proceed to the upper right Hrathen is interesting the whole time, but the only time he's likable is when he's having a bad time. Whenever he's feeling confident and his plan is going well, he's not likable because he's a villain. But there's points where he's having a real bad time. And it, even though he's still plotting against our heroes, he becomes a lot more likable because you want to root for him because the universe is conspiring to fuck him over. And so you're cheering for him the whole time. Now, here's the thing. Go ahead and underline villain on that graph. Because once Wraith redemption happens, this graph is off the table. The the, the line could go anywhere. It becomes a dot graph, and it could be all over the place. Sometimes he's not going to be likable. He's having a bad time. Because once he becomes a hero, this is out the window. But as long as he stays a villain, he is more likable when he's having a bad time. He's having a real bad time right now. And the thing about likability is it makes you more likely to redeem yourself. Go ahead and mark that on your graph as well. Um, redemption moments is at the very top right and we have reached the point of being at the top of the graph where Freython is very likable and he's having a real bad time which is the perfect moment to have redemption happen so I'm done with the graph that's the visual keep that on your uh, uh, um, bed stand at night Fringe. Uh, email <laughs> it to your grandma um, it's a lot of fun So what I think is going to happen is I think he is... It's probably going to happen real near the end, because again, Brandon likes waiting until the last minute for some of these, but he's going to turn against Diloph in a big moment of heroism. It's going to seem like he's given up, but then in a moment where... I could even see it being like from Braython narration. He's like, Braython didn't even really know what he was doing, but before he knew it, he was decking Diloph in the face. Um, I I feel like that could end up happening. Um, And then... After the battle is over, I feel like there's not enough time for them to become friends, clearly. But I think there might be an awkward parting of Freython being like, All right, that, that was a wash. I'm going to see you guys. I, I'm i not going to be able... I There's no point in me trying to be on Wern's side anymore, because I pretty much just betrayed him, and I'm also not going to be friends with you. So Freython's probably going to sail off into the distance and do something else. Um, that being said, I'm kind of 50-50 on if Freython's going to die... I'm putting a couple of I'm putting more chips on no. I've been checking I've been reading all the POVs uh, or reading the uh, the chapter lengths and Justin's comment on the the POVs going all over the place gives me a little less hope, but the last chapter for the epilogue is still very short, which leads me to believe it might still be a rathen chapter, which means he might live cuz very last chapter, well, epilogue after the battles over. I don't know. I have hope he's going to live because it's I recognize those word counts. I think we're still getting Raithen to the end. Um, I'm also 50-50 on if Raiden is going to figure out how to completely fix Andor. And I'm also actually putting extra chips on... No, I think that might be a fun sequel hook. We don't have a lot of book left in the book. Um, I'm not confident in that guess, but I'm just going to lightly guess that he will not actually completely figure it out. Okay, so what else we got? Um, Some of these are doubling down on previous guesses. Um, Some of them are new. I haven't really kept track. Um, For this book, Diloph is going to be the final boss. Um, What I think is going to happen is I think Wern is on his way because he doesn't trust Freighton to get the job done slash he doesn't want Freighton to get the job done. He's like, I think Diloph's way of bloody revolution is best. And once uh, Eralon is overthrown, I'm going to show up and take the throne. Um, But Diloph's going to be the final boss and then maybe in the epilogue, Wern will show up and he will see that Rayoden has a Lantry magic and he's going to fuck right off. Cause he's terrified of a Lantry magic. Um, he's going to show up and then just immediately leave. He's going to be, he's going to do the Homer, the, the Abe Simpson thing again. He's going to, he's going to go right in and come right <laughs> back out. Um, I could even see it being like, it seems like Rayoden has completely solved and, like does a really big show of magic and Wern goes, all right, Nope, not doing that today. Um, and then the reveal is that was actually one big giant illusion, and Raiden still hasn't fully figured it out. But he did enough to scare Wern off. Um, we still haven't gotten our girl boss sword fight. I'm still, it's still got to happen. Uh, I'm also hoping Keen's going to grab that axe, and we'll have Chekov's axe number two now. Um, um I think. Um, Rayudan is also going to live. I was feeling pretty 50, 50 on that earlier, but now I'm thinking, so we, cause we had the if then statement of if Rayodin dies, Serene marries Eondel. The then statement isn't happening. So what I should have like clarified is the else statement that happens afterwards, else Rayodin and Serene get together at the end. Um, so I think King Rayodin and Queen Serene are going to rule, but they are going to specifically rule from Elantris instead of from K. Um, Um, I still have hope, even though the bloody wake was not a good sign, um, I still have hope that we're going to have a Karata Shayor, um, uh, little get-together mother-daughter thing. Um, because I think that'd be fun, and we never saw her body, so she could still be out there. Um, I think, um... Everyone in the Hall the Fallen, eventually, this will be part of the epilogue as well, probably, Rayudan is going to take them all to the lake eventually. And there's probably going to be a big moment of reflection where Rayudan considers going into the lake, and then he's going to ultimately choose not to. Um, and, um, oh, one last thing I forgot. I, I could see this happening while Hrathen is dying, but he could also think this while he's not dying. I am fully expecting a line of something along the lines of Wraithan did turn out to be the savior of Erolon, just not the way he expected. I, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm feeling actually fairly confident that, that uh, a variant of that line will occur. And then last big thing is just the thing I am absolutely best at in the Cosmere in terms of guessing things. Who's going to die? Got to have my death counter. So my official death counter is Diloph, Ahan. Keen, and maybe Lukell. And also, if there is any justice in the world, Edan will also explode and fucking die. That is most of what I've got. Um, My last thing is that I know we are rapidly approaching the point uh, in Elantris world, where Beth and Justin know as much as Sam and I do, so I'm just going to go ahead and say any theories that are not explicitly disproven can still carry over into future Elantra's contents, which includes Edan exploding and fucking dying, Serene's mom being dead the whole time, and my actual theory, which is that Jadeth is bad news bears and is still a threat that needs to be dealt with. Um, I don't know if Brandon envisions this as a trilogy, nor do I know when he will actually write the next Elantris books, Um, but my prediction is that Wern is going to be the main baddie in the next one, and if it is a trilogy, Jadeth is going to be the big one um, in the third, the, the big villain in the third book. But yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Oh, also, if it turns out Serene's mom died off screen in between Elantris 1 and 2, that still counts. We still win, I folks. don't know that about that That still counts one. as a W.
0: I'm going <laughs> to argue with you about that one.
1: No, I'm claiming it now. I'm claiming <laughs> it now. If we never physically meet her before she dies, I still get
0: points.
2: It was Serene's mom has been dead all along.
0: Yeah. I still I, think I should get points. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see maybe there's like a half a point all right uh the next thing for us to do is finish this book uh and i want to give a little bit more detail on what we're going to do for that so we are we've been reading the the 10th anniversary edition of Elantris, which comes with uh some content after the end of the epilogue itself because this is a slightly larger chunk of book than usual and we want to give it full time Uh, for next episode, we are going to be reading part three chapters 55 through the epilogue uh, in our particular edition that ends us on page 555. Uh, And that will be it. We'll, we'll go over those chapters in that episode and then we'll be done there. The episode after that, uh, we're going to talk about our thoughts on Elantris as a whole. And we're also going to go over the last bit of content uh, in this book. Uh, in that case, that's the Ars Arcanum, as well as a, a table of Aeons. Uh, there is a series of deleted scenes that are called the Mad Prince. Uh, I didn't want to do those right after the end of the book because it would be a uh, just kind of an odd tone shift to immediately go back into things that were removed from the book. Uh, and then after the, after the deleted scenes... There is a postscript from Brandon where he just talks about the process of writing the book. And also a uh, a Marvel post-credits scene that is oh my like completely...
2: Wait, that's exactly what it is. because yeah, no, It's
0: completely unlabeled. Like it's the postscript is Brandon talking about writing the book. Like it's, it's just, here's what it was like. Here's what it's been like 10 years later, et cetera, et cetera. Signed, Brandon Sanderson. Then you turn the page and there's one more scene. So don't forget that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, in our in, in the episode after next week's, we're going to be talking about all that kind of bonus stuff as well as the book of, as a whole. Uh, and then we're going to be doing our pre-book discussion on The Emperor's Soul, which is what we're going to be reading next. Uh, that as a short story is available in a couple of different forms. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be picking up Arcanum Unbounded, which is the collection of novellas and short stories that Brandon put out to get all those in one place. Uh, But we're just going to be reading The Emperor's Soul from it for now. So if you want to to prepare ahead, uh, get your hands on either Arcanum Unbounded if you want to be exactly where we are, or just a copy of The Emperor's Soul in any of its forms. I think that's all the bookkeeping I need to do specifically for this episode. And then we can... uh, tell you where you can find all those things and and wrap this up unless there's anything i forgot
1: what's what's the grammatical difference between unbounded and unbound isn't that already a
0: well you wouldn't want a book that was unbound it would just be a collection of loose pages then
2: (laughs) maybe maybe brandon tried to turn that into his editor and they saw the word unbound and they just automatically went no It's like, he literally tried to name a book the book of endless pages, and they said, no, No, (laughs) you can't do this. (laughs) Let
3: me tell you, textbooks right now, they're selling them unbound, mostly. Like, most textbooks are not bound for, like, school Mm -hmm. anymore. Like, you have to buy a binder, and they give you a bunch of loose fucking pages.
0: Yeah.
2: Really?
1: Yep. Yep. Textbooks unbounded
0: that's that's some textbook greed hey all right uh, i think we can uh, we can wrap this episode up here i can let you know all the things that i usually do uh, like how you can find our episodes at always another as well as emailing us at contact at always another uh, as we're looking forward into the cosmere that's the best place to, to email beth or i specifically about that kind of stuff uh, you can also find us on our social media sites, where I very much hope that Caleb's graph will be appearing. Oh, I,
1: I literally <laughs> just took a picture of it. You know it's going up.
2: Excellent. Uh,
0: those are Twitter at alwaysanotherpod, Instagram at alwaysanotherpod, and Mastodon at alwaysanotherpod at kind.social. With all that out of the way, I think it's time to go finish the book at least mostly because of the extraneous stuff at the end. You know what? It's better when I just get to say, finish the book. <laughs> We're done.
2: <laughs> Bye. <laughs> ah.